Welcome to Sales Cultures Redefined, where we transform people with purpose, income, and a better life. Here's your host, CEO of Sales Managed Solutions, Lance Cooper. I'm sitting in the Fainting Goat Coffee Shop near Spring Hill, Tennessee, on the outskirts of Nashville. The city has a population of around 50,000 and had the 10th largest increase in America for a town this size. It's 9 a.m., and this converted home on Main Street is bustling with people coming in for their lattes, light or dark roast, different kinds and types of coffees and breakfast food. They have three rooms here where conversations are taking place inside and also outside in the sitting areas placed around the shop in the sun and the shade. If I was to describe the attitude of those who work here, the ambiance and the experience I feel, it would be in this way and with these words. Relaxed. People know you by name, though they did not know me until my name appeared on the screen above. Safe, lighthearted banter of laughter, smiles, and unrushed discussions. It's a lot different from New York or actually even my hometown of Knoxville, Tennessee. Those who work here are enjoying themselves as they serve new and old customers, greeting people by name if they know them, and giving a kind smile to those they don't. It's the kind of place that most people would want to make their go-to coffee destination in this small town. Well, the reviews online are great as well. You may ask me why I'm starting this podcast with this incidental picture of my early morning life. Why? Because I see business. I see profits. I see sales that are repeating and building and with no end in sight. The only thing that would keep this business from doing well would be to hire someone like I just met at Panera Bread about 0.8 miles from here. There I had waited at least 15 minutes in line while looking at one of the three remaining souffles that was just on the other side of that window, and while also listening to someone to take the orders of the three people in front of me. I had Googled to find the place because I was in the area visiting my niece and wanted to sit somewhere and finish this. As it neared my time, I saw an employee come from the back to pack up the remaining souffles for a call-in order. I stopped her by saying that I had waited to buy one of those souffles, whereupon she looked at me and said, Have you paid for one yet? And I said, No, but that I had been waiting to pay. Her manager, having been listening while taking the orders of those in front of me, then moved over to her from the register and said to her, You're okay. Go ahead and take them. No smile or acknowledgement of me, no empathy, just a curt nod and stern look. Now, in truth, I would have been okay if I'd had some amount of understanding, something, even a thoughtful nod, but I got nothing, and I turned without a word and left this corporate store and found this cafe that I had never visited before. And here, the experience is so different, so personable so friendly, and all that's different are the attitudes here. Just the attitudes here. Just the attitudes. Now, turning to sales, all of you already know that salespeople are the front-facing display of a company's success and brand. You know, they drive the overall performance of an organization or branch or coffee shop with the result-producing behaviors of their attitudes. 
Scientific studies tell us that those attitudes, the attitudes of salespeople, especially in the long term and often in the short term, can significantly influence sales levels. And one of the pivotal factors affecting sales levels happens to be the attitude of salespeople toward customer orientation. A study by Hamburg, Mueller, and Klarman demonstrated that salespeople with high customer orientation, an attitude of genuinely caring about customer needs and satisfaction, were more successful in building lasting customer relationships and achieving higher sales. They concluded that, quote, when salespeople are genuinely interested in solving customer problems rather than just selling a product, it leads to increased customer satisfaction, loyalty, and ultimately higher sales. In other words, cash flow, money, income. Years ago, when I taught speech in college, many of my students, like most people, experienced fear when thinking about making a speech. There were two major reasons for this fear. The first was because of the focus they knew would be on them and what people would think of them. The second was tied to having learned about Dr. Albert Morabian's research on believability. The believability of their message, which was that 55%, 55% of whether or not someone believed them would have to do with how they looked the nonverbal communication and cues they would project through their facial expression, eye contact, gestures, body movement, and dress. 38% would be through how they sounded, their tone, their rate, pitch, and volume. 7% would be on their content. So in other words, to sum up his research, 93% would have nothing to do with what they said but how they looked and sounded when they said the words. That's why the manager's attitude at Panera Bread came across so dismissive and hateful. It wasn't just her words. I was picking up her values and beliefs at that moment toward me, this customer, me, through how she looked and sounded, which was a reflection, a reflection of her service attitude or as the research says, her customer orientation. But here's the cool thing. Last night, Kate, my niece, was about to give a graduation speech and found herself feeling, as most do, anxious. So I told her something that has helped hundreds of people reduce their fear and increase their effectiveness when giving a speech or when in front-facing moments of service or sales. Do you know what I told her? It's pretty simple, but if applied, helps to eliminate fear, at least some of the fear, and even without thinking about it, also positively affects all the nonverbal and verbal factors, affecting 93% of whether or not an audience believes what a person says while reducing that anxiety in delivery. What I told her was to think of all the work she had done on her content and how it would help those in the audience. This would put the focus on the audience and not on herself. Immediately, I could see she got it. And that night, she took hold of that microphone, looked ahead at the people, and took charge. So 
cool. But that's who she is. At least, that's who she was for sure at that moment. You see, it is really simple. Today, much of what the culture teaches is to put the focus on ourselves through Facebook, Instagram, and other social media. In some respects, we are not aware of what we are becoming or have become. Even movies, American Idol, Survival, and other shows are about this as well. And yes, it is important to have a sense of self and one's capabilities. But when that's all there is, the purpose and meaning of a person or an organization or a coffee shop can be lost. That's because purpose and meaning are found in using our gifts and talents in service to people. Whether it's our child, our spouse, or coworkers, or our customers. When we go on a sales call, look across a register, or coach a little league team, and we value the people, the customers, or the players, we change our orientation to them, even in moments, and especially in moments of difficulty. When we believe that an attitude of service is important, We listen to the needs of others and we respond to help them with their problems. And in doing so, we become a person of value to the best and most important parts of this planet, its people. Finally, you may ask me, what do I do to change? It's not something I think about. And I don't believe I've been taught or modeled this by those who've led me in the past. Here's the answer, or an answer. Act like a person of service. Yeah, act like a person of service. You don't have to feel this. Do what a person of service would do. Focus on helping others wherever you are, and even if you don't feel a customer orientation or an attitude of service, these actions will make a difference. And over time, you will find yourself drawn away from the poor models and to the leaders and influencers who will lead you further down this road of service and meaning and purpose to a life lived for the benefit of others. Interestingly, when you recruit and coach others with these thoughts in mind, people will frequent your coffee shop, buy your windows, use your phones, and feel good to give you their hard-earned money for the products and services you supply. And you will be standing out from the culture around your customers. You will become the go-to person and place of friendship and business for those who value this orientation. Now, it's been a few hours now, and people keep streaming in this small gathering place, Fainting Goat Coffee Shop. As I'm leaving, I'm reminded by a sign over the door. Watch out for goat lovers exiting. Now, get out and lead and build a great business of service to others in your market. You have just listened to Sales Cultures Redefined. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play, and we'll see you at the next episode.